Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. All connected. Everything. So I guess this isn't the Arkham Knight podcast, so I guess we'll have to talk about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even be able to do an Arkham Knight podcast without at least doing a Bloodborne podcast first. <laughs> uh, and he's not even a superhero at all. Um, but yeah, Arkham Knight's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's very good. I mean, it's it's, you know, people, it's funny because people always said Bloodborne is a Souls game. Uh, Arkham Knight is an Arkham game, <laughs> right? It's uh, I mean they added the Batmobile, which is cool. Uh, but other than that, it's an Arkham game. If you like those, you'll love this. If you don't, then you'll skip it. Which is coincidentally all I'm hoping for in Terminator Genesis. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> you know, just if you if you like Terminator movies, you'll like this. That that's probably way too much to ask for i how did i i read something today that said terminator genesis makes terminator salvation look like terminator 2 and that that hurt my heart (laughs) yeah i mean i think um i said this to you earlier i think you know the the r-rated action movie is dead um pour one out yeah because it'll an R-rated action movie will never make a billion dollars, and in this day and age, that's what everybody is shooting for. Like, why would you settle for less when things like Furious Seven and The Avengers are making a billion dollars? Yeah. So take out a little blood, take out some f bombs, and go for PG thirteen popcorn summer adventure. Um, and that's why there'll be no dread two. Yeah. And that's yeah. why, you know, the raid and the raid 2 will always be sort of underground foreign <laughs> yeah, things that, you know, only guys like us know about. And then things like Daredevil can take it and take parts of it and make it cool so people can go, "Hey, that's just like the raid, that cool indie movie I saw that nobody else saw." Right. And that's our segue into Marvel because this is it's all connected. A Marvel Studios podcast, episode 67. I am John. This is Russ. This is Russ. Not this. I'm John. <laughs> you are. This is Russ. I am. And uh, we're back. And we were going to do some more Daredevil, I think, tonight. And then in the last week to 10 days, things went a little uh, bananas. Yeah, it's been newsorama, no no pun intended, but there's been just a ton of news and I was off last week, so I was I was out of pocket. Um, but yeah, we had we kind of had everything ready to roll for Daredevil and and then it just got to the point where it's like, well, if we don't talk about this stuff, then by the time we get around to talking about it, nobody's going to care or it'll be debunked or uh the real story will come out or what have you. So we said Daredevil's not going anywhere. Um, so we'll we'll sneak in some news. Excellent, and I think uh, certainly number one on our list has to be finally the casting of Spider Man. Yeah, which I will let you go ahead with that, but it's probably the biggest piece of non news for me. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> only because I don't know the kid. Yeah, and that, and it was it was one of those things where how long have they been saying? You know, it's down to three, and when one of them was Tom Holland, it seemed like a month or more. So when they finally were, you know, announced, yes, it's Tom Holland, I think everybody was like, okay, sure, yeah, that's great. Um, But yeah, he is, I mean, relatively unknown. He's young. He's, uh, I think he'll be, he just turned 19. So, you know, which we've talked about before, them keeping keeping it young so that way... You know, you don't have a 40-year-old that's crying as Peter Parker by the time they get to the third movie all the time. So, I'm I'm fine with that. I feel like that was a shot at uh, Tobey Maguire. 
Probably. <laughs> I sensed a bit of venom. Oh, no pun intended. Oh, we're all, we're 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 all yeah. with the puns tonight. <laughs> um, but he's British. Uh, but I can't. I'm looking back through his uh, IMDb, and I don't think I've seen anything he's done. Like I've a he doesn't have a very large body of work. Number one, but number two, I I just haven't seen any of this stuff. And can you lit? I am not on IMDb. Can you uh, remind me of, of some of these things? Maybe I'm missing so, something. Yeah. So the funny thing is, he has uh, not counting uh, Spider Man and not counting Civil War. He has three movies that are either in post production or completed. So you know that's like half his work right there. Um, but going back, there's a he was in a TV miniseries called Wolf Hall. And given that he was British, I'm wondering if this was a like a BBC thing. Uh, sure. And then he was uh, in the Billy Elliot live musical. Uh, so that looked like it was some kind of Broadway production or a, you know, a filming of a Broadway production. Uh, he was in a, a movie called How I Live. He did the voice of a character in a movie called Locke. He was in the movie The Impossible. Uh, and then... He did a voice for the Secret World of Arietta, which was anime, and it was he did a voice of one of the characters for the UK version of that movie. So, again, very limited as far as what he's done. Yeah, Wolf Hall is in fact a BBC yeah yeah miniseries. So now Locke was with Tom Hardy, so he's only credited for a voice. So I don't know if it's maybe a. He did voiceover for a younger character. I'm not familiar with that movie at all. It came out in 2013, uh, but so I, I'm, I'm, like I said, not familiar with that at all. So yeah, he's pretty, pretty much an unknown at this point, which I think again, maybe a good thing. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm not. I'm sometimes it can be distracting when you look on a on a screen and you see like oh you don't see the character you just see the actor and i mean there's been a few exceptions i mean i i don't really think of that when i see robert downey jr playing uh iron man or playing tony stark because it's almost like they're the same person like in real life so right. uh so it tends to bleed a little more and doesn't and doesn't seem that way I, i'll be curious to see how it works uh not to switch gears but i'll be curious to see when batman versus superman comes out if i'm just like totally distracted by the fact that oh that's ben affleck or uh, if if it'll work better than i think well it happened in daredevil that daredevil yeah to some degree to some <laughs> degree yeah that, that's true the most interesting thing to me about the tom holland casting uh that has come out since then is they started to talk about the process a little bit and they actually did have him screen test with robert downey jr and uh chris hemsworth yeah, which is pretty Chris Evans. Chris Evans. I, I, Chris? Yeah, right. Hemsworth. Yeah. Sure. Um, that's amazing to me, and we, you know, laughed at those people that put two and two together on Twitter when, yeah, <laughs> when Robert Downey Jr. said he was working on a weekend, and uh, you know, people figured it out, which uh, which is amazing. And there's a picture of Tom Holland with Chris Hemsworth, not Evans, that is sort of yes. hit the internet. Yes. And it looks like he could put him in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which that'll look kind of cool on screen, I think. Having Spider-Man be younger and wiry and small compared to these other guys. I, th I think I think that's actually going to work for me. Yeah, I have, I have no problem uh, with him at the look of, of what I've seen so far. I just uh, I don't know any of his acting work, but good a choice as any they know what they're doing they get paid a lot of money to make successful movies indeed um and we also have a director so that was you know part of the announcement which i i didn't see that coming necessarily they confirmed the director which is john watts um and again he's another one i haven't really seen uh I well, I think it's based on the work in one movie, pretty much. Um, I don't want to say it's his only work, but Cop Car, yeah, with Kevin Bacon, has been making a lot of noise on the, you know, like the festival circuit. Sure. And um, I think that's what did it for him. I'm trying to look at other. 
Yeah, because I haven't really seen... So there's a TV movie called The Fuzz, a TV movie called Eugene. Um, He's done a bunch of stuff for the Onion News Network, which that's kind of somewhat encouraging because that's comedy-related, obviously. Uh, So, you know, he's done some dramatic stuff and he's done some comedy. Um, And Clown is an Eli Roth horror creepy thing. Yeah, so he's got some diversity. It's it's kind of funny how... um, you know, these, these up-and-comers. I mean, after seeing what the Russos did with Captain America Winter Soldier, I, whenever I see, like, up-and-coming director kind of thing, I'm, I no longer, like, prejudge at all because those guys just completely knocked it out of the park with that. So uh, I'm, will, I'm definitely willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. And Cop Car sounds like dark comedy... Kevin Bacon is a small-town sheriff who sets out to find the two kids who have taken his car on a joyride. Yeah. I actually saw the trailer for that not that long ago, and it actually looks really interesting. I've always liked Kevin Bacon um, for the most part. I mean, he's, you know, he has such a huge body of work every so often there's a stinker in there, but for the most part I've I've enjoyed his stuff. I mean, most recently he was in that... uh, that Fox show, The Following, which didn't get renewed for a fourth season, but I, I liked, I liked him a lot in that show. Right. Very good. Yeah. Um. So what do you, I'll let you? I'll let you pick next. What do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about Punisher <laughs> versus Daredevil. Sure. Um. It seems that the new showrunner for Daredevil whose name is escaping me. Maybe uh, we can look that up quickly. Gonzalez, is it maybe? I, I believe so. Yeah, let me let me, let me me verify that here real quick. So he's done some interviews lately or some kind of off-the-cuff uh, off talking, and uh, it has hit some websites recently that uh, he said that Punisher, that the second season of Daredevil could be called Daredevil versus Punisher which would lead us to believe that the Punisher would be possibly the big bad of Daredevil Season 2, um, which is exciting. I mean, I was hoping it wasn't just going to be a cameo that was sort of a backdoor pilot for a Punisher show. Um, I'm glad to hear that John Bernthal will be a regular. Yes. Yeah, definitely. On, yeah, on Daredevil. Did you get that name? Marco Ramirez. Ah, Ramirez. I'm sorry. Um Marco Ramirez. Yeah, so, and this brings us again to, we kind of alluded to it last show maybe or or two shows ago. I think it was last show. Um, And we're just going to talk about it now because it's not a spoiler. It's total speculation um, and a guess. There is a great comic run on Daredevil uh, by Ed Brubaker. Uh, one of the arcs is called The Devil in Cell Block D. And the basic premise is that you have Daredevil, Kingpin, Punisher, and at some point, I believe, Bullseye in the same prison at one time. And being that the Kingpin ended up season one going to prison, and we know we have a Bullseye, and we know we have a Punisher, I'm really hoping that this is the way that they're headed. Yeah, that would be really cool. And it it's sort of a it's a cool dynamic in the in the comic. Daredevil goes into prison to kill Kingpin. That's his original plan. And then the Punisher wants a part of the action so badly that he snaps a pimp's neck in front of a cop <laughs> so that he can get thrown in prison with them. Uh, and it's just a really good dynamic of sort of like, you know, Daredevil has that uh, that inner uh, struggle, you know, he wants to bring justice, but he doesn't want to kill anybody. And the Punisher is pretty much the opposite. And so Matt sort of wants to kill Kingpin, but then doesn't want to kill P- Kingpin. But then Punisher is going to kill Kingpin. And, you know, Kingpin is getting thugs in jail to go after Matt. And it, it was just a really good. If anybody's interested in reading back at some Daredevil stuff now that you got into the television show or whatever, the Brubaker run is definitely the way to go yeah and devil in cell block d is one of the best parts of it so you know non-news really but good to hear that 
Punisher will be such a big part of the season, and I'm hoping this is where they're headed. Yeah, and and Bernthal's pretty intense. I mean, you you read or listen to him in interviews, and he's he's pretty he's pretty intense, uh, you know, and, and passionate about what he's doing. I mean, I've seen his work in, um, obviously in The Walking Dead, and then even in like uh, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, he just plays these intense characters. So, yeah, did you see Fury by any chance? No, I haven't seen Fury yet. Oh, he's great in Fury. Talk about an intense role too. Nice, nice. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm happy. I'm happy to, a to see him working. I'm happy to see him playing a character where he'll be able to dial it up like he can. So that's good. Yeah, and he's really been embracing it, uh, embracing it too. He's been tweeting pictures of him buying, uh, you know, the comics, and he posed with the comic store guy and signed some books for him. And you know, he's doing his research and he's telling the fans how important he knows this is, and he's gonna do his best and just all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Devil in Cell Block D is uh, eighty-two through eighty-seven. If anybody is inclined to download it digitally or find it somewhere there are definitely you know paperbacks with the whole thing collected and stuff like that what what volume of that's two daredevil volume two right sure yeah yeah because uh well this is comic nerd stuff but there there will be a daredevil 82 that's probably from 1974 also you need the one when they started over and it's uh i think it's late 90s What's next? Your turn. Uh, I, I'll well do a quick one. Uh, it, it's I've been seeing this whole Hulk movie thing floating around, and a while back, Ruffalo said something. Well, the reason there's not another Hulk movie is because Universal has the rights to distribute the Hulk movie, and so then everybody freaked out and thought, well, that's why they haven't done another Hulk movie. And it's like, no, I pretty much think they didn't do another Hulk movie because the other two Hulk movies they did didn't really set the world on fire. Um, but once that came out, that was pretty much a known thing that Universal has the distribution rights. They don't have producer rights. They don't have creative control. They don't have ownership. They don't have anything. They have distribution rights. No different than when Marvel first started all this, you know, it just so happened that, that they let Universal do the Hulk and Paramount had everything else. And so it just seems weird that I'm seeing all this news. It's like, no, 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 you know, it's it's just distribution rights. So the only thing they would get is their distribution fee. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, where's the news in that statement? Like, it, it's just funny how things just kind of flare up and I look at it and read it and go, I think I knew this like three months ago and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that could bring us into our other little piece of uh, Hulk news, if if you can call it news. But it's interesting to me always, they can do other things with the Hulk. It it can be yeah. a Hulk and not the Hulk. Um, there's ways to play with it, which I think, you know, we, we've talked about General Ross being the Red Hulk. And I think you saw maybe a piece of an interview that I wouldn't say confirms it, but raises some eyebrows. Yeah, he. I, I guess it was the Hollywood Reporter that he was doing. And I think it was the Hollywood Reporter that he was doing the interview with, and they were asking him about it. And he, uh, he, uh, William Hurt, who plays General Ross, he played General Ross in, um, in the the Incredible Hulk, and uh, you know we saw Tony Stark had uh, Robert Downey Jr. had a cameo in that. So now it looks like it's kind of coming full circle. And William Hurt is confirmed as General Ross in uh, in Civil War. And when they asked him about the character, you know, he said, you know, how happy he was to be able to come back to it. But he talked about how the character is different and the character is more matured. And he, he talked a lot about uh, uh, the differences between this version of Ross or him playing Ross this time uh, versus the when he played it in, in the Incredible Hulk. Um, so take it with a pretty large grain of salt. I mean, he, he didn't come out and say anything like, Oh yeah, he's going to be transformed or anything, anything even remotely like that. And William hurts kind of a somewhat of an eccentric dude. So sometimes it can be a little hard to gauge what's, you know, going inside and going on inside his head. So, I mean, a red Hulk would be great. Um, I, I keep trying to figure out what's the event 
there's probably going to be an event that spurns the quote civil war. Sure. Um, something is supposed to happen that's really bad and it's due to superhero activity. And this is what's going to divide everybody in terms of, you know, how superheroes, people, powered people should be treated. And again, like maybe it happened already. Maybe they can use New York and some other events to, you know, bring together. Right. What happened in, um, you know, in Age of Ultron, you know, the whole Hulk. Sure, of course, right. You know, Iron Man thing. So maybe it starts off that everybody's ticked off at Power People, and we've already seen the event, you know, but I'd really like that event to be like another Hulk problem. Yeah, it'd be funny if Ross, in order to get his way, like manufactures, you know, kind of like a false flag thing, you know, he just, he manufactures an event to get the public stirred up so he could turn around and, you know, come in and, show how he's going to save the day even though he's like at the root of the problem yeah that's that, an idea that'd be interesting yeah yeah because i'm i was just trying to figure out like how would they make it work you know but uh you know especially having the red hulk without you know the banner hulk but again pure speculation you know there's i wouldn't even say a credible uh you know solid rumor to that effect going around i think this is all just like people piecing things together and um and and you know, seeing if, if there's any validity to it. Yeah. I'm actually surprised we haven't heard any murmurs at all about a possible She-Hulk. Because yeah. I, I think it kills two birds with one stone in a, in a way, right? Everybody wants a Hulk movie, and everybody wants a female-driven movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't you go for She-Hulk? I mean... That's one of the ones, you know, when you hear about all this rumor in a, in a Netflix wave two and things like that, that's one of the ones that I've heard thrown about there is, is a She-Hulk Netflix series. Wow. Because they could kind of, you know, the thing with She-Hulk is she's not so overly done that, you know, they would need to CGI the whole thing. Like, She-Hulk is just kind of like a really buff woman, um, but not, you know, like where she needs to be 10 feet tall and you know, have a fist the size of most people's heads. Right. Was that a gamma accident or was that a, no, she, she got a blood transfusion from Bruce. Oh, and that's what caused it. Hmm. And the reason it's funny because the reason that they brought her in, I, I, I read some time ago, Marvel, the untold story. If, if any of you out there are curious about the, the history of Marvel comics from the business end of it. And just from like the, the what really happened and what really went on uh, side of it. Sean Howe wrote a book called uh, Marvel, the untold story. And I recently re uh, listened to the audio book. So I have the actual physical book, but, but I, I listened to the audio book. Um, I, I'm recommend the physical book better. The guy that narrates the audio, isn't that great. Um, but one of the things when the Hulk had the TV series, they were afraid that if the TV could be, because the TV show had the rights to the character at the time and did the show that if they introduced a female version of the Hulk, that basically that they would own the rights to that character because it was developed as a part of the television show and not a part of the comics. So they so they scrambled to find a way to introduce her in the comics, and that's just kind of what they came up with, is just like this, oh, quick, we better do this before the TV show does it, and then we're hosed. Wow. So. I guess while we're doing TV... So everybody was kind of bummed out back when Marvel said that they won't be... Marvel Studios will not be at San Diego Comic-Con. Right. Um, but Marvel Television will be at San Diego Comic-Con. And it looks like they've announced a pretty cool panel that will be a joint deal, Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Which, uh, that, I mean, that'll be badass. They can have a really nice big panel... Um, and the teasers are out. So it sounds like there's going to be, my guess is that these announcements or some announcements will come out of San Diego. Is that like next week already? Uh, three weeks, I think like mid July. I think it's the week. Actually, it's the week that Ant-Man comes out, I believe. Awesome. So they've been doing these, um, teaser images, I guess you would call them with hidden messages in them. Yeah. Um, the first one said, can you keep a secret, which was enough 
you know, hit us over the head with it. Why don't you? That we, we were pretty excited about the word secret being used, as we've talked about before, the secret warriors. And then they just flat out gave us a shield emblem, which when, if you brightened it, it said secret warriors like behind the eagle. Yeah. So the cat is out of the bag, it seems, that uh, Secret Warriors characters will be showing up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about some of those characters in a minute because they're, they're, they're sort of some interesting possibilities. Do you think in any way that this could be the spinoff that they were talking about all along and we kind of thought it was going to be Bobby and Hunter... I think if they go this route for a spinoff, I think I'd be happier with that than the Bobby and um, Hunter option. And not not because I don't like Bobby and Hunter. I just felt it would be kind of too too similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like it's two S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, either on their own or Rogue or whatever you want to call it, but it's they're still S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. So if they, if they still have plans for a spinoff and they decide to go that route, I, I think I'd be happier with it because it... it it has that, I would assume it would have like that whole Avengers Academy or that, you know, kind of like New Mutants, uh, you know, vibe to it where it's more about like teaching people to use powers and, and bringing them into the fold as more so than this spy organization that, you know, is trying to save the world. Right. And the group of, we've talked about the Secret Warriors uh a little bit here and there and of course in the comics you know sky who is actually daisy johnson is quake and and she's one of the leaders of the group and they're all sort of descendants of powered people yeah which is which is really fun and when you look at the people that they are descended from it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit like was this the plan all along to do secret warriors obviously we know that Daisy was the plan all along. But when you learn that Stonewall is the son of the absorbing man, Crusher Creel, who's been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already. Yep. Um, that, you know, that certainly raises a flag. Um, I'm trying to remember. Manifold, Eden, Eden Fezzi. Who is he? He's the son of Gateway, here. which Gateway is a is more associated with an X-Men character. He was when in the, in the late 80s when the X-Men went to the Australian outback, the world thought they were dead. It was after the, the fall of the mutants. They went to Australia. And so the way they got around the rest of the world to kind of go on their adventures was this mute Aborigine named Gateway. And he would basically like swing this didgeridoo thing and actually teleport them. So um, Manifold is the grandson of... Uh, of gateway right and i was thinking um the teleporting is very similar to our friend that was just killed our inhuman no-eyed friend um gordon gordon yes um i guess it would sort of play out teleporting would sort of play out similarly but that's definitely a possibility then there's yo-yo rodriguez who's probably my favorite yeah Slingshot, who's the daughter of the Griffin, I believe. Yes. And she can run really fast. She's a speedster. But when she stops running, she slingshots back to her original starting point, which is which is sort of fun. And she, spoiler, I guess, if uh, Yo-Yo ever shows up on the television program, um, she loses her arms at one point in the comic. Yeah. And they're replaced by really cool robot arms. Which we love robot arms. Can't get enough robot arms. Nope. It's never too many robot arms. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Who is a... Phobos. Oh, right. Phobos. Phobos would be interesting because they could even switch it up a little bit and make him as guardian as opposed to, you know, the son of Ares. Um, Because we we really haven't seen them introduce the Greek, you know, the Greek gods in... in, uh, in the Marvel universe, but they have, they have done, uh, the Asgardians obviously. So that, that could be an, a cool switch. Um, and again, he's another kind of cool character. They're, they're all like have a lot of personality, uh, all these characters. And so it's, it's, it, it was really, it's, it's a really good read. I mean, you know, we've, we've sung its praises on the show a lot, but, um, but just the way they kind of came on the scene was really cool. I mean, that whole secret invasion thing where, 
they just kind of tell you know Fury had been gone for an extremely long time um, and Maria Hill had been director and just kind of like in the nick of time Fury again with the puns uh, Fury teleports in and has this gun that is like the most ridiculous uh, like Final Fantasy 7 sword looking thing that you've ever seen um, and has the Secret Warriors with him and it was just like a really really cool moment from the comics when that happened right and Phobos is like a god of fear yes um, he would have similar like you know like Scarecrow and Batman type stuff like making people hallucinate and and be afraid of nothing yeah I mean they could definitely they could do like an analog god of war like somebody that would fill that role in, in Asgard who maybe he would be the son of or I'm sure there's a Norse god of war as I'm well sure. that, that they could uh... yeah maybe even like uh, Volstag like maybe Volstag's son even or something you know crazy like that or Heimdall or you know just something right. you know I mean there's a lot there's a lot of ways they can go with that that'd be that keep it interesting, right? And it would be another connection to Asgard without ever having to see, you know, Thor or any of the other stars of the film, right? They haven't released. They haven't introduced Doctor Druid, who was an Avenger for a long time, or not a long time, but for for a pretty good stretch, like in the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, and so Sebastian Druid is like the son of Doctor Druid. And then there's Hellfire, who's the grandson of the Phantom Rider, which I think the Phantom Rider, I'm probably going to say something that isn't true, but I think, I want to say he was like the Ghost Rider from the Old West. Like, he was like the the Ghost Rider that was in all white that rode on the horse before... Uh, right. Yeah, 1949. Yeah, that did, that is him. Yeah. Like the Ghost Rider before uh, Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, so... Right. That's cool. I don't know if they could do the uh, flaming CGI weekly, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure they could do it poorly. Well, I mean, look, you know, though they're you know they do it somewhat regularly on the Flash with uh, Firestorm, so it doesn't look terrible. They just keep them moving really quickly. Yeah, so you can't look at the flames. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of potential. I still. I'm still holding out hope that Mac might end up being Stonewall. Mm. Yeah, but I think it. I think Stonewall would be cooler if they connected it to the Creel thing. That would be another good connection sure. if they went that route. But uh, yeah, I mean, it could it could really be fun if uh, you know I could see Sky starting off leading this team and they're they're all descendants of bad people or or something like that and. That would be really cool. Yeah. And their main story was hunting Hydra. Right, exactly, because it was kind of the same thing. Like Hydra, they find out found out Hydra had pretty much infiltrated everything. I mean, it was it was connected to everything. Very good. I'm in. We're getting lots of Marvel in our Marvel television show. Yes. Yeah. That's all we wanted. What else do we have? So, I guess the other big news that that's confirmed pretty much today i think that ant-man is going to have two end credit scenes so it'll have the i guess you call the the hero credits like the mid credit scene so after they do the fancy cgi credit scene uh, there they'll they'll do a bit and then after the the final credits roll they'll have like a proper uh, end credit scene as well so kind of kind of like we had with um winter soldier and guardians of the galaxy kind of the same same thing yeah and i've i'm a sucker for spoilers and i read <laughs> them and of course i won't say anything um i'm just glad that they're back you know they i think not that they went away but i think the real meaningful like connection what's next yeah credit scene that we were getting early on i think that went away for a little time um and they're back with ant-man that's all that's all i'll say yeah, and I mean, the only thing I've heard, and I've stayed completely away from the spoilers, the only thing I've heard is that they are fairly significant. That this, you know, like you said, John, this isn't going to be the, um, you know, spoiler for Guardians of the Galaxy. This is going to be the Howard the Duck cameo at the end. And this isn't going to be, you know, Bucky looking up at a, you know, seeing his name on a, on a list of fallen s- soldiers kind of thing. You know, this is, this is going to be something more impactful. 
Yeah. As impactful as you can get in like the four second or sure. whatever sure. you know, period of time they give. But uh I give them two thumbs up. So Nice. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to one thumb up for each credit scene. So <laughs> <laughs> So it should it should be a lot of fun. And I guess the you know, I guess that pretty much means that the screenings have begun and I'm pretty sure Marvel I got a you know what? I got an email today, and as we talk, I'm going to find it. Uh, Marvel is going to be live streaming, like, the red carpet and yeah. everything. Yeah. It's Monday, June 29th, which is uh, this Monday. Yeah. And there's no embargo on the reviews either, from what I understand. Like, So if you get into a you know sneak screening, then the reviews are, you know, my understanding is free and clear. You can say what you want. Right, which and is it, it, interesting. Yeah, it looks like it's Marvel's YouTube channel where they're doing it live, so they're real easy to find um, on YouTube, and it's 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. So you can watch all of the uh, all of your favorite stars walk up on the red carpet and wave. Yeah, and <laughs> look pretty and pose and all that good stuff. Yeah. But so, yeah, we should be getting tons of reviews and early, you know, uh, reactions and stuff like that. And great sign, again, that there there's no embargo and they're screening it early and that's all good news. Yep. So I guess we have one. There's one more piece of news, I guess, that we wanted to talk about. And then we've got some Facebook. I put up earlier today that we we're going to do some recording tonight. So we had some response on Facebook to uh, that we can get to. Um and then hopefully we won't forget before the end of the episode to actually talk about uh, another iTunes reviews. But Yes. But uh, I guess the big splash that uh, we can credit to mcuexchange.com, there, there have been rumblings for a while that uh, that she may have been involved or talked to, but um, but the, the guys over in the gals uh, over at MCU Exchange uh, kind of came up with a big scoop that they're pretty confident that uh, Ava DuVernay, and I hope I pronounce her name correctly, um, then I'm not butchering it too bad, uh, is is pretty much slated to direct Black Panther. Yeah. Female director and uh, an African-American director. Yeah. And um, that's just a big deal. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Feige even confirmed that, yes, they did talk to her in, in regards to that. So they're, they're, you know, that isn't been pulled out of the you know, the thin air kind of thing. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what the, the final, uh, you know, when we get an official announcement, uh, and, and to see how that, how that falls for sure. And she was, so she directed Selma. So most, if, if any of you have seen Selma, uh, that was, that was Miss DuVernay that directed that feature film. That's great stuff. And remind me, Black Panther has been moved up. Back. Back. Everything got moved back six months. Okay. It was scheduled for November 2017 before the shift. So now it's July 6, 2018. So it's it's not a it's not a winter release. It's a summer release. So yeah, Thor Ragnarok will be November 2017, and um, Black Panther will be July 2018. Nice. Shall we hit the social media? Sure. Uh, so the first comment was. Um, from Barry to talk about the Black Panther, so I think we just did that. Um, I guess the the reason for the just to go back on that for just a brief second, uh, the reason I think that some of that casting uh, stuff is heating up is because uh, Black Panther is confirmed to appear in Captain America: Civil War, so I think they wanted to get a director on board uh, to to either have some influence on the character or at least be familiar with what they're doing at the early stages of bringing that character in. Sure. Um, as opposed to, you know, kind of after the fact. So that's what's black Panthers deal in terms of like villains and claw, which, oh, right. Which makes sense. Cause we've, uh, we've obviously seen, uh, seen claw show up. Ulysses claw show up in, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron had his arm lopped off, which definitely fits with the Claw character getting a sonic replacement. I guess what I'm getting at is, like, is it mostly, like, protecting Wakanda? 
Yeah, he's kind of an interesting character because he kind of floats back and forth between, you know, going away to Wakanda and and that being a focus to them being an Avenger and being, you know, kind of brought in the fold. So you know, he first shows up in Fantastic Four um, and then they brought him in. He was a member of the Avengers for for a little while, I think, in the like the late mid late 70s, mid 70s ish uh, era. So, you know, just it just depends. It's almost like it depends who's writing him and who has an idea whether he's going to be kind of in the fold, uh, you know, with the New York based heroes or if he's going to be back in Wakanda kind of doing his own thing. Right. He's not a typical. He doesn't seem to have like a typical rogues gallery, you know. Um... No, no, not really. And and to be honest with you, I haven't uh, I haven't read a lot of. Black Panther. I mean, I've read him more in the last couple of years just because he's kind of been a focused character with the Illuminati and been in uh, uh, Hickman's New Avengers run, uh, which is which is uh, pretty big. Christopher Priest did a run of Black Panther. I want to say right around late '90s, 2000s ish. That everybody just goes bananas over, like you know the the greatest uh, you know Black Panther run ever, and it's been like out of print for a long time and Marvel is going back and they're doing like this complete edition where it's a paperback, but they're going to, they're going to reprint the whole thing. And so I've, I've actually pre-ordered it on Amazon to pick it up just because I've heard so many good things about it. And then with a lead up to, to both movies. Uh, so hopefully as time goes by, I'll be able to add more to this discussion. Sure. Uh, the next comment, uh, Gonzalo says, can you talk about the possible inclusion of the Magus as a secondary villain in, Inven- in Avengers Infinity War? That's another one that's been going around. I think uh, MCU Exchange recently did like villains or uh, you know possible villains of uh, Infinity War and who might come in or and and possibly play a role in Guardians of the Galaxy too. So the Magus is like the evil side to Adam Warlock. Um, okay. And there's been a lot of, and I have not read any of this at all. Like I've, I've, I've not read any of the Magus stuff. Um, I've read very little Adam Warlock, to be honest with you. Um, most of the Warlock stuff I've read has either been like the infinity war, infinity gauntlet stuff, or, uh, you know, the, the annihilation stuff that, that Abnett and Lanning had done recently. I, I don't have a lot of old school, like, you know, uh, Starlin, Adam Warlock, Infinity Watch kind of kind of stuff. So, uh, my understanding, he's like the evil version of, or the evil side to uh, to Adam Warlock. So, possible. I mean, you know, again, he's one of those characters that's very much tied to that whole Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Stone, you know, kind of myth- mythos in the Marvel universe. So, it wouldn't surprise me for him to show up. But I don't, I don't really have a lot to speak of directly. And Adam Warlock is the person who they keep saying they see the cocoon in the collector's yes. area, and then the cocoon is possibly open when they come back to the collector, right? That's yes. all. Yes, and uh, Keeper of the Soul Gem. Ah. So, there's there's a lot. He's very much tied to the Soul Gem, so it very definitely good. definitely fits in because one of the soul gem and the time gem are the two the, the two stones or the the time stone and the and the soul stone are the two that we haven't seen pop up yet um mary asked do you think falcon will have a cameo in ant-man mm, i'm going to say no uh but i i don't have any direct knowledge i mean um I just I think I think all that stuff is just going to get saved for uh, you know down the road. I think the next time we see Falcon will be in uh, Civil War. No comment. <laughs> uh, maybe that's... By, no, <laughs> by not commenting, I have completely commented. You have completely commented. Uh, no, I have no. Um, I've only heard I've only heard rumors. I think Ant Man sounds like it's pretty loaded just from a the main you know feature standpoint like i said when it comes to the to after credit scenes i mean who knows i mean that 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 stuff could be could be anything at this point um and lastly this is a longer one so amod asks uh something that's been rattling around in my head since the season finale of age of agents of shield uh the netflix jessica jones synopsis describes her as a troubled ex-superhero 
but we have yet to see her in the MCU, so we don't know anything about her as a superhero. Since many people suspected after the finale, and now confirmed today, that Sky is forming Secret Warriors, could Jessica Jones be one of her early recruits, where Sky's inexperience caused a problem that leads to her to quit being a superhero? The Sky yeah. character gets a lot of flack from the audience for being a Mary Sue, and showing her being way over her head in the beginning might be an interesting way to go. Your thoughts? I, I don't think it's a bad... I think in like a perfect world where they interchange the movie stars and the TV stars and the Netflix stars, <laughs> I think that would be a great idea, but I just don't believe it's going to happen until I see it. Like, I don't... Yeah. Until Daredevil shows up on... You know, until Matt Murdock shows up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or in one of the movies, I'm not going to assume that that's the direction they're going. Yeah, and I, I think from a timing standpoint, it doesn't fit. Um, you know, one of the things with Jessica Jones is she's an ex-superhero from, like, years prior. Like, she had been out of the game for a while, not just, like, six months or even a few months. Like, she'd been out for several years at that point and pretty much living, um, you know, living, living her own her own life and, and trying to get this private investigating thing going. So I just think timing wise, it doesn't really fit. Uh, and all these things, all these things seem to be pretty much flowing in real time for, for the most part. I mean, you know, we know that the battle in New York has happened and we know how things kind of fit in there. So I, I just don't see, uh, you know, the timing and the whole thing with Jessica Jones is really kind of funny from the comics because she was totally shoehorned in and retconned into being a, a, a superhero from the past. I mean, and and she wasn't really an Avenger for long. She kind of, you know, flittered in and flittered out and, and kept below the radar and wasn't really happy with being a superhero to begin with. So I could see in the MCU her, fi you know, saying she was an ex-superhero, but like stayed way below the radar. Um, so I'm, I'm, it'll be curious to see how it fits. But yeah, I don't, I just don't see those two kind of lining up. Uh, at all. Yeah. Oh, the uh, collector's box came today. Oh, very nice. Yes. Do tell. Uh, so I was pretty happy with this one. Uh, not that I was unhappy with the last one. Uh, there are a couple little doodads that uh, I, I wasn't crazy about with the uh, with the the Age of Ultron one. Uh, the patch looked a little funky and the pin was a little funky and the shirt was kind of like, eh, it was, it was all right. Um the Funko Pop obviously was the coolest thing with the last one. So this one, uh, it came with the uh, uh, Scott, uh, the uh, Scott Lang uh, Ant Man uh, Funko Pop, and it comes with a little version of it. So it's really funny. So you got the full size uh, Ant Man without the helmet, and then you got the little tiny one with the helmet next to it, and actually the head bobbles. You know, so it is an actual bobblehead. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Uh, the shirt, it's just an all-black T-shirt that has the Ant-Man film logo with the little Funko Pop-styled Ant-Man on the, you know, on the on the shirt, and it says like actual size or something. So, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and then, uh, John, it's funny because I know from time to time you you indulge in the mystery box stuff. Uh, you know where it's yes, I do random yes. random boxes. So this I one blame came it on my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And then I get the ones I want. Yeah. Uh, so this, so apparently for Ant Man, they're making uh, a mystery a mystery box, and the cool thing is there's only four of them. So it came with two boxes, uh, and I didn't get a duplicate, which was awesome. Uh, but I think it's I think this box is the same for everyone. I've seen a couple photos online of people opening their stuff up and posting pictures, and the the what's inside seems seems to be the same for everybody. Whereas I think with with the first one, the shirt was a little different. Um, you know, just to, depending on what they randomly put in there. Um, so it's, it's two of them. So I got the, the actual Ant-Man figure with the, with the helmet on. So it's a little bobblehead, you know, guy. And then the other one is the, is the Ant-Man that we've seen. We haven't seen actually on the screen, but we've seen it like in the, uh, that Lego uh, set that they, that they put out and people thought maybe it spoiled the ending to Ant-Man. It was like end battle. And it showed, it had little Lego figures of, the Ant-Man that had the black and the red, and it had the the silver and red Ant-Man, and then the yellow jacket. Oh, okay. Um, so I got the the regular Ant-Man, the black and red um, garbed Ant-Man, or whoever it is. Um, so I got those two. So the two left that that 
to, to find are Yellow Jacket and then the unmasked uh, Scott Lang uh, Ant-Man figure. Very good. And I enjoyed your unboxing video, which uh, everybody can find at the uh, MCU Exchange YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that, yeah, and I think uh, they even put a link on the, on the main page. And I put it in the Facebook uh, channel as well, too. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of fun uh, putting those together and getting those out. Uh, so yeah, so if you're curious to see again what comes in these things bi-monthly, uh, check it out and see what. Uh, we, oh, the the last thing was the collector core variant of Ant Man number five, the actual comic book. Cool. Uh, so yeah, and I like the T-shirt. You know, it's simple and it's just the Ant Man logo yep. with a tiny little Ant Man yep. uh, face underneath it. Cool. I actually like that style of shirt better than like the real busy big print. You know. Yeah, T-shirt that uh, we got last time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the collector core case by case. I think one thing that bothered me a little bit was I felt like they were selling it to me as like limited, and you were able to buy that Avengers, you know, the Ultron box all the way up until the Ant Man box came out. Mm. You know, like it wasn't um it wasn't like, man, you really need to be in this club and 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 get right, this in the right. first shipment or you're out of luck. I mean, they seem to be pretty available, which is fine. I mean, I don't need it to be I'm not looking to, you know, make money off it or anything like that. Um, but it did bother me that like, you know, I ran out and pre ordered and, and whatever, and then months later you could still get the Age of Ultron box if you signed up that day. Whatever. But I'm gonna take it case by case and uh did they give as much preview on this one as they did the first box? Because I felt like we knew everything that was coming in the in the Ultron box, but this one it seemed like it was a little more secretive. Yeah, I think I think on the Collector Core website they actually did like a little video that had like um, the Funko Pop like pop out of the box, and that was like a little teaser. And then I think. I think after it released, I think Funko, they actually put out like a little, like an, their own unboxing video that kind of went through item by item, each thing in there. And I didn't see that with this one. Certainly, I was surprised at what the Funko Pop, what the bobblehead was when it came, which is which is kind of cool. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, so, yeah. And, and there's been, so the next one will come end of August and there's no, like I haven't heard of what. What that is like, we knew pretty much from Age of Ultron that this one was going to be Ant Man, and obviously it makes sense because of the timing for the movie. But I haven't heard what the August one is going to be. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't fit time wise, um, but a Daredevil one would be cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they'll go back and do that. I mean, obviously, one for Jessica Jones would be lame. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> Now we're gonna be labeled as misogynist, which um, it, it's just well nobody knows Jessica yeah, Jones yeah, yet, right? Know? Nobody knows her. She doesn't really have a costume, so I mean, there's there's no there's no real flair there. I mean, she doesn't have her own book, you know that kind of thing. I mean, you know, doing Daredevil, they could put a variant edition of the comic in there. You know, the whole you know the the actual Funko Pop if they made it look like the the Netflix Daredevil costume. That that kind of thing is is what I'm getting at. Not not that. They couldn't make the Jessica Jones thing be interesting, but um, so I'll be curious to see to see how that goes. I mean, they could always, you know, it there doesn't need to be a movie coming out. You could do an Iron Man box. You could do a sure. Captain America box. You know, any of those uh, would be awesome. I don't Spider Man, perhaps. Yeah, maybe so. I don't think we'll see a Fantastic Four. Uh, no collector core box. <laughs> Um, no Wolverine box yet. Unfortunately, probably not a Wolverine box, which is unfortunate, but that would be cool. The only other thing I wanted to mention, I think I talked about it last show, but I'll, I'll just m mention it again. So if you subscribe to the actual uh, podcast feed, the actual It's All Connected podcast feed, which you can go through iTunes and, and search It's All Connected. You can go to mcuexchange.com. And the RSS feed link is there. Uh, I've been putting out mostly daily. I, I was on vacation last week, so we had a break last week. Um, but I think I did it three times this week. Uh, the, what, what we're calling the MCU News Minute. So, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much just a 
minute, minute and a half, two minutes tops, just rundown of the big news items. There's no commentary. There's no opinion. It's just um, blurting out the facts and hopefully remembering to credit the right folks and uh, um, and all that. So just kind of like if you're, you know, if you listen in the car or whatever, you know, just something to kind of catch you up if you if you don't hit the websites as uh, crazily as John and I do on a daily basis. Yeah. And we should mention, uh, you can also get it on the MCU Hub app. Absolutely. Which is now available in the iTunes uh, app store, in the Apple store. The Apple app store? Correct. <laughs> um, it's in there now, version 1.0. So uh, you can get it that way. It's been available for Android, I think, for a while. So uh, yeah. you can listen to our show right on that. Check out some other cool stuff on the app, which is constantly being updated and worked on. And uh, it's all good. And we have a new iTunes review. We do. Which we almost forgot again. Again. Uh, from Legend Rebel 88 Five stars. Awesome Marvel show. Hey, guys. I've been listening to y'all on TuneIn Radio. Uh, you mentioned iTunes, so I figured I would come over here and give y'all the five-star rating you deserve. Keep it up. One of my favorite podcasts, no doubt. So thanks, very much, um, and it's a good time to mention as well that uh, we're on a lot of things. Tune in radio, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, there's more, I think. Um, but uh, if you're looking for us, you can find us. But thanks, the the iTunes reviews help a lot. We always want to be up in the front of iTunes, um, and we think that the reviews are what gets us there. Yeah, so for sure. we'll take them, and maybe we'll throw another. Uh, prize in soon throw all of the names in of the people that have left us reviews and uh, we'll come across with some some action yeah yeah i uh i solicited some feedback for the for the mcu news minute so i think i'll uh i'll pick a random name from there and and uh maybe send something out there's always stuff laying around the the prize closet that we can we can toss toss around excellent so I would say we'll be back, you know, in a week to 10 days. Uh, we'll get back on the Daredevil track. And then uh, it'll be Ant-Man after that. Yeah. And, oh, and pff, you know what? You never know. Keep an eye on the feed. Anything cool happens at that San Diego Comic-Con uh, Marvel TV panel. I'm sure we'll jump on and, uh, and talk about that. Or maybe that'll be uh, the focus of your MCU news minutes for a bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if there's any, you know, big, big news, obviously we'll probably hop on, even if it's just to record a little 15, you know, 20 minute to, to yak about it. Um, I think Marvel is going full hog on the uh, announcement side. I think the whole D23, that whole Disney thing is their, is their deal now, which is in August. So I think we may see some more news come out of that, but. Now, remind me quickly, when they did the ridiculous announcements last year, when they laid out phase, you know, two and three or three and four or whatever the hell it was, um, what was that? That wasn't at an event, right? They just, like, started giving people tickets and opened up a theater or something? like. Yeah, it was like an Apple event. It was like, hey, we're going to announce something. Do you want to come and check it out? And it was in October, and they just did it. Uh so yeah, it was kind of like I said, it was kind of like a you know Silicon Valley event, you know that it was it was a little little strange, right? Yeah, I mean it was cool as hell. Yeah, um, but yeah, maybe you're right. D twenty three will probably be their new place to show off. I would think. I mean, I think I think that's just going to become you know a Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, you know thing, and you know they may pull back a little bit more from Comic Con as time goes by. I mean, they don't, you know, at this point, you know, Comic-Con isn't really doing much for them. I mean, you know, the, the, they're a behemoth and the word gets out and, you know, it just, you know, I, I don't, I, I think they can, they can do it in house. When you say it that way, like I'm listening to you say, yeah, it's going to be a giant Marvel, Disney, Star Wars. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> when you say it that way, it's like, geez. Hey, it's Chris Pratt. He's Star-Lord, and guess what? He's Indiana Jones. Drop the mic. Everybody freaks out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. Take care.